Ladies and gentlemen, it's six o'clock in London, it's 1pm in New York. I hope you're having a lovely lunch. 1am in Hong Kong. And Gong Chi Fa Tai. Happy New Year to everybody there as the Year of the Ox is getting underway. It's 3am in Sydney, 10am in San Francisco and 10.30 at night in Mumbai. Greetings, good morning, good afternoon and good evening depending on where you are in the world. My name is Patrick L. Young. The IPO Vid Livestream Series 4, Episode 2, Number 20 starts here. Once upon a time, long, long ago, in a distant galaxy of technological markets, I called out CBOT and said that if the Chicago Board of Trade didn't get their act together, they would likely close or be acquired. Cue apoplexy. And perhaps, well, it's partially thanks to that notorious Irish forgiveness gene prevalent in many of my peeps, I still seem to have not been forgiven in some quarters of Chicago. But then again, see also the London Stock Exchange Group's inability to rationalise that way. Oh, whatever. Look, anyway, last week's results from the CME spun as ever with vigour by the Chicago Mercantile Exchange as being, well, a tricky quarter, demonstrate that the world's once mega-dominant dollar monopoly silo is in huge difficulty. I've said it again and again. Milking a monopoly is a very dangerous strategy. Flaccidity creeps in, and before you know it, those taken-for-granted contracts seep to the businesses who value their customers. The CME stock didn't react well to the results and is now down about 15% in what has been, let's face it, a corking year to date. My goodness, we've even seen 31,000 on the Nikkei Dai in uh, Japan. Only 30 years since we last saw 30,000 on the Nikkei Dai in Japan. But anyway, the CME stock remains highly valued given the earnings outlook is one where management appears incapable of improving the outlook. The CMP the CME tipping point is approaching. Everyone else is making hay in the parish, and the status quo won't do. Until then, and until we see some form of revolution within the CME management, all bets are off. CME may not be TPI cap, but it is a standard deviation or so away from where it needs to be. Since our last show, good news in Brexit. The pound against the dollar. You'll remember, of course, that by this point in time, we were going to be immersed in the United Kingdom in civil war. There was going to be fire, famine, pestilence, flood. And indeed, the pound would be worth something equivalent to, well, whichever peso, cruzeiro, or other collapsing currency you wanted to mention. Well, it all proved wrong once again, ladies and gentlemen. The pound is back against the level to the dollar it was in February 2016 before campaigning kicked off for the great referendum of June the 23rd. And in the city, well, great news. The City United project promises to represent the future of the world's largest financial centre, where other older entities, amongst other industry associations, councils at all, have singularly failed for the past five years to lead us forward. Other good news in Brexit? Well, amongst other things, we're hearing all sorts of exciting news of new markets and interesting things going on. The City United is certainly a project worth supporting, as unity is vital for the city to succeed in this brave new world of Brexit. However, it's not all been good news on Brexit. Amongst other stories, the European Union is now banning live shellfish caught in UK waters from entering the continent. It appears the problem with the Brussels attitude is not merely the issue of crustaceans caught crossing customs borders that the EU seeks to impose due to their ongoing desire to hamper the United Kingdom, but in perspective, the whole EU approach where, after all, let's face it, what do you call a one percenter, as I said a few weeks ago, in the European Union, but 
a member of the vaccinated, the European Union's approach looks like one even a mollusk might be able to rationalise as being flawed. Will Brussels suffer photosynthesis? Well, it may not be imminent, but I think that plausible outcome is underpriced. That said, it wasn't quite photosynthesis, but Britain was uniquely blooming this week. In a UK first, a moonflower from the Amazon, no less, an Amazonian cactus, bloomed in Cambridge for 12 hours last weekend, the first time this has ever flowered in Britain. Good grief, when the history of Britain is such that even Rare Amazonian flowers are coming and flocking to the United Kingdom to bloom and blossom under Brexit. What sort of achievements can we manage in another couple of years? All this and more, ladies and gentlemen, has been covered in greater detail in Exchange Invest Daily, the unique newsletter of the Bourse business. Send us an email or hit me up on whatever social media stream you're watching this from, Patrick L. Young on social media, and we can get you signed up to understand the exchange business. And before I go on, and before I introduce our fantastic guest today, Guest today, ladies and gentlemen, just one thing. Valentine's Day is past. I realize you've probably given out the red envelopes in China to all of your relatives. Just share a little love with us, please. Give us a like. Ping that button at the bottom of your social media screen. All of those likes go forward and help this podcast live stream. However you're watching it, be enjoyed across the world by more people. Our guest today, Barnabas Reynolds. We're gonna be discussing Building Brexit Britain, the legal opportunity. Barney is the head of financial institutions at Shearman Sterling, a leading law practice in the city of London, and he leads their city-based financial services law team. Barney's enhanced equivalence model, model for post-Brexit trade has been adopted by the UK government. He is, has been a member of the Star Chamber, which advised MPs on Brexit. His post-Brexit solutions to a no-deal scenario have been published by Politea on various different occasions in several must-read papers if you want to get on top of the whole Brexit affair, particularly with an angle on financial services, The Art of the No-Deal. He also co-authored Managing Euro Risk, and indeed, he's been involved in a team drafting the entire civil and commercial regime for Abu Dhabi's financial centre, ADGM. 